this is Lisa Story, founder and executive director at Hope Grows. And I am here today with Joni McCormick from Express Employment Services. I'm so glad that you're here today and, uh, you know, and just partnering with us as one of our partners of the month. Delighted to be here. Yes, thank you for that. Um, you know, just, you know, we've had a relationship now with Express Employment for, you know, quite a few years. And, you know, just this past year during, you know, the COVID year, Express Employment has just been so generous um, in support. And you've been such an awesome supporter in the past Thank with you. through the Chamber of Commerce. And um, yeah, I'm just so glad to have you here physically at the Iris Respite House. And uh, it, today it's just such a beautiful day with the sun shining. And we don't get that too often here in Pittsburgh. So when it happens, it's just... We celebrate yay. it. <laughs> yes, right. Yay. Put the hands up. But um so yeah, so uh, if you could tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself and Express Employment Services and what you do there, that would be mm -hmm. wonderful. So uh, I am the Client Services Manager for Express Employment Pittsburgh West. We are a locally owned and operated staffing company with locations in Robinson and Manaka. We look to connect employers who are looking for great associates and we look to work with our associates to find them a forever job. We take great pride in supporting our community locally with supporting many charities and local nonprofits such as Hope Grows. Yeah. I've been delighted to be able to support them myself and I only wish that I had known about Hope Grows when I was a family caregiver because yeah. my dad who died at 90 I was a weekend caregiver yeah. for the last couple years of his life. We needed in-home, round-the-clock care, and um, it really touched my heart, which started me on my fundraising journey for <laughs> Hope Grows. For Hope Grows, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that you have a couple of years in a row. You've you know uh, worked with the Pittsburgh Chamber of Commerce, Pittsburgh Airport Chamber of Commerce, with the uh, Mixers with Shakers event. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. And you, you just, well, that one year you guys won for Hope Grows with your, yes. your bar display. Yeah, yes. it was awesome. You know, just the support that you provided uh, for us during that time. But what inspires you to do that work? And, um, and then more importantly, too, what, what really inspired you to, to be that caregiver for your family? Well, I, um, I had a 30-year career in healthcare management. So I've always wow. been in related in a health-related field in some fashion. Um, Deb, my boss, um, she and I are actually high school friends, and I she didn't know that. the miracle oh, of Facebook. Wonderful. She found me on Facebook <laughs> yeah. one day. Long story short, I was looking for a job interview with Deb, and she said, "I want you as part of my team." Aww. So it rekindled a dormant friendship. Yeah. Um, and I've always had a servant's heart, um, yeah. and I really take that back to how I was raised. My parents were both active in the community, um, my mom in a women's group, my father yeah. in Kiwanis, yeah. both of them with church. Um, and then my mom was diagnosed with cancer oh, when so I was sorry. 15. Oh, wow. And my Grandmother, her mother, was her primary caregiver. There were five of us children, aged 7 to 17, um, and nobody really knew much about cancer yeah. in 1973. Right. Um, within six months from um, the diagnosis, we lost her, but then my dad remarried, 
seven years later. Mm -hmm. And I always like to say I had both my moms for 15 years. She also was diagnosed with cancer. And it was very quickly moving. But Mm. with my stepmom, hospice was around then. Mm-hmm. And it was such an eye-opening experience mm-hmm. to have hospice caregivers and nurses in the home. And when they first set up a meeting for anyone who wanted to participate in her care, we overfilled the boardroom with about 50 people at family hospice. People just wanted to wow. reach out in some way. And I always describe my stepmom as having a Susie sorority personality. <laughs> But the biggest thing I took away Mm -hmm. from that, and I think it's really important for caregivers to know that, Mm -hmm. that as long as the patient is capable of making decisions for themselves, sound decisions, something that's not going to put them in harm's way, you need to let them be the driver of that bus. Yeah, absolutely. You can't pull away their decision-making. And I've really kept that in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. all the time and with my dad as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, to, right, because we're we're the driver of our life. We are. And and you know, just because there's an illness that sets in, you're right, paying attention to, you know, are they capable of making that decision themselves, but if they are, right, take that step back and allow it. Yes, but you also mm-hmm. need to direct their medical professionals in that fashion yeah, too. Absolutely. The medical professional can't be speaking to you. They need to be speaking mm-hmm. to the patient and mm-hmm. directing their concerns to the patient and that is something that gets lost often yeah um and it's just another thing i think we as caregivers we need to keep in mind oh absolutely Uh, right right and and we do hear some caregivers you know talk about that in the doctor's office and i think that's really truly where caregiving begins is in the doctor's office Mm -hmm. you know you're you're starting to see some declines in the need to take them to the appointment need to pick up their prescriptions and maybe help them with that aspect and and it, it, it is so true at that time is where you set the tone for how your caregiving, I think, is going to be. Well, because it's when you're usurping that role or mm-hmm. when the medical provider is, mm-hmm. it's showing a lack of empathy and respect for the patient. Yeah. Um, and they're dealing with their own journey and difficulties and to have to deal with that. Right. Um, just is an added insult that I think we can all yeah. avoid yeah. at the most. Yeah, I know when I worked um, in hospice years ago, I would hear that from some older older patients that were on hospice, you know, that were lucid, cognitively able to be making decisions. And, and I would hear that time and time again, like, they need to stop talking to me like I'm two years old. Exactly. I'm smart still. I, I have my mind with me, and I can make those decisions. You know, that was a, that was a common mm-hmm. complaint mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of those receiving care. was like, I'm, stop. I need you to let me talk for myself. But my hospice experience was invaluable. They really are angels. Mm-hmm. Um, for People that don't know enough about hospice, um, if the patient is diagnosed with a terminal Mm -hmm. illness, they don't have to be in the last stages of life. Correct, correct. Then hospice services are open to them um, and with as little or as much support as you want. As you need, right. And I just need to state that people just need to explore that option Mm -hmm. sooner. 
Yeah. Rather than later. Yeah. Just like hope grows. They need to find about you. They do. Yeah, they do. Rather they than later on their journey. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I often say that with our services. Um, you know, I wish care, more caregivers would come to us at the beginning stages of caregiving and, and put, you know, a, a good goal in place exactly. or, you know, an action plan along how you're going to make those steps along the journey. Or just to know how many supportive mm-hmm. services that you do oh, have available right. to them. They don't have to feel alone. They don't need to right. feel like they're walking on this caregiving journey all by themselves right. without support as so many do. So many families, mm-hmm. they don't have additional support. It Correct. is just the spouse or it is just the one right. child. Right. Um, or it is just the parent. So just knowing that you yeah. have so much support <laughs> for them, shout it from the rooftops. Everybody, <laughs> shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, I think, it, you know, just to kind of allude to, to maybe why caregivers don't reach out right away is one, they might not know about us or other resources that could help them. Um, and two, I think there's a sense of pride. You know, we to be able to say, I need help, you have to accept some vulnerability in life. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people have trouble with that part, that aspect of it. And so they wait. They wait. You? <laughs> no way. Well, um, I'm a generous, caregiving person mm-hmm. by nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very much, you know, I'm told how much I'm like my mom. <laughs> In that, um, but you know what? Her sister was like that. Yeah. Her mother was like that. Um, she's instilled in all of us. Yeah. I'm one of five kids. All of us, to some degree, have given back to our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, have mentored people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a testament to my grandmother, who was 90 when she died, that she had 10 grandchildren, and all of us insisted that we were the favorite. Because she had that relationship with each one of us. It was special. Oh, I love that. But the majority of us, we have all gone into service or medical-related yeah. professions. Yeah. And I really take that back to my grandma. Yeah. Because yeah, she right, still nur- in that. Sure. That is how she nurtured all of you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she led by example. She did. Um, all right. So in your opinion, Joni, like what, what do you think the best resources for family caregivers are right now? Well, let's start with Hope Grows. (laughs) You're too kind. Just on the website, there are so many resources available from inspiring personal stories, from caregiver support, the fact that they can work in the garden, which is so healing in and of itself to be within nature. Mm -hmm. Um, There is that. A lot of caregivers are taking care of people who are post cardiac episodes let's call Mm -hmm. it okay okay there is a website called keepingitpumping.com that is specifically for cardiac care patients and there's a caregiver site on that as well nice um but we all need to remember to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. take that time out for yourself take that walk Take that respite time, right. read a book, you know, <laughs> something. remember to deep mm-hmm. breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, there on the American Cancer Society, cancer.org, there's a whole host of information available for caregivers too. Nice. I think all of us can recognize how prevalent cancer is within oh, our sure. society. Yeah. Um, and in the different stages of cancer, there's a different level of care that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's another good one. 
And then my sister, when she was diagnosed, um, my sister has so many friends and so mm-hmm. many business colleagues over the years. Um, and she's a natural storyteller. <laughs> she really is. She's very, Aww. she was an English major, but she's always been in sales and she's very much a natural star- storyteller. But there is a website called caringbridge.org where you, the patient or caregiver, can write your own yeah. blog. Mm-hmm. Um, you can update your friends and family, people that you share it with, that, right. that your blog with, about your journey in mm-hmm. caregiving or the patient. Right. Um, it's an easy way for people to keep friends and loved ones that they want to know the right. journey or the story without having to repeat it 10, 10 12, 20 10, yeah. times. That's exhausting. Yeah. My and husband, when, it, when it's yeah. very, very difficult, yeah. it, um, if it's an end-of-life scenario and it's difficult, it's exhausting it to tell exhausting. those stories time yeah. and again. It's just yeah. exhausting. Well, so so this it, is an easy way to oh, share I, the information. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I just recently learned about that. My husband had a colleague who just who died of cancer, and, and his wife used that site and that platform mm-hmm. to you know, just talk about how he was doing and, and, you know, kind of interweaved, um, you know, some pieces of like her journey with it too. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome because it allowed her that extra time to just spend with him. Yes. You know, instead of, it being on the phone, talking to 10 and 12 and how many people, you know, a lot of times the phone's ringing and you're delivering care, you know, you're helping to, prepare a meal or bathe the patient or get them out the door to a doctor's appointment or administer medications. And as much as you want to hear from friends, that's difficult. When my stepmom was ill um, early on, I was taking dinner over Mm -hmm. several nights a week, traveling from the North Hills to the South Mm -hmm. Hills to do that. And then one of her neighbors who was affiliated with Family Hospice offered and we took her up on it. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That she organized a calendar where dinner was brought in Monday through Friday, just enough from my dad mm-hmm. and his wife. Oh wonderful. Because they're empty nesters at that point. Not big meals, just enough for that day's meal. Yeah. And it was provided Monday through Friday and then I could help on the weekends. Um and it was delightful if Jenny was having a good day that they really didn't need a meal brought in. Mm-hmm. She was able to call them and say, I really appreciate your offer, mm-hmm. but you know what? I'm having a good day. I think Charlie and I are just going to go to Eaton Park tonight. <laughs> you know, and they could right, get out right. somewhere anonymous like that because if they yeah. went to the country club, everyone would come by the table Aww. and it would just be exhausting. But they could get out for a little anonymous mm-hmm. meal like that. And that was so helpful if you have someone nice. a friend yeah. or neighbor colleague that mm-hmm. can organize something like that for you right um yeah good point like, like yeah. with with Ginny being that Susie sorority personality <laughs> there and, and filling overfilling the boardroom with 50 people there were right. lots of people who wanted yeah. to, help to help out to help mm-hmm. right yeah and that's one of the things that we you know help our caregivers identify you know, they'll, they'll first call and, you know, when you start to talk with them, you know, they, they feel like they don't have any support around them, but we help them identify that. Exactly. And, you know, and, and it's hard. I get it. I'm, I'm that type of person myself where I don't want to 
always ask somebody for help. No, and but if you have a friend that can help, that can ask help do on that. your behalf. Right. Yes, mentor. Yeah, mm-hmm. a mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're we're starting a mentorship program here at Hope Grows. And I saw what a difference from when yeah. my mom was sick. That was 1973. Yeah. To when my stepmom was sick, which was 1993. Mm-hmm. My stepmom had three or five friends that mm-hmm. really stuck by her through thick and yeah, thin through nice. her journey. Right. But my mom died at 42, and this was all a wake-up call for yeah. everybody facing her immortality, and it was yeah. difficult. And I, and I don't belittle that, um, but it's it was difficult for everyone because we didn't know much about cancer sure. in 1973. Sure. It was very frightening yeah. for everyone. At that time, you were right. Everybody and then was what trying. a different yeah. experience oh, in yeah. 1993. Sure. It was just so mm-hmm. overwhelmingly joyous mm-hmm. that we had so much support yeah. that we didn't... Have that we could have. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I know. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of resources out there. I know that um, Pittsburgh especially has tons of resources, but I'm just really thrilled that you brought up the Caring Bridge um, organization site because um, like I said, I just learned about it myself a couple of months ago and, and just thought, wow, this is, this is genius. Like this is really amazing. It's fantastic. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us about a caregiving experience? I know you've kind of, you know, alluded a little bit here and there about, you know, your mom and your stepmom and, you know, some experiences. Daddy. Yeah, and your yeah. dad. Um, so, you know, that's just maybe one that's touched your heart, really has touched your yes. heart. So my... Not that they all didn't, but, no, you my, know. No, well, my dad's, been, my dad's been gone, it'll be four years this summer. Okay. Um, and my niece, who is now 27, was one of his caregivers. You know, oh, wow. she was finishing up college and she would pick up an evening shift or mm-hmm. part of a Saturday afternoon shift. Um, and my dad, he was a, a, a gruff grandpa. <laughs> we used to joke all the time that we were going to get a car seat and strap it to the golf cart and he could take the kids to the club for the day and play nine holes with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but he was, you know, he was not a grandpa that you would drop the kids off for the afternoon. Or he was not a grandpa that the kids would spend the night with at okay. his house. Yeah. He was very much a standoffish yeah. grandpa yeah. a little bit. Um, but... Natalie, when she was taking care of him, um, started researching our family tree genealogy. Oh, wow. What a great now, time to do that. his mom, um, uh, found out, um, through the DAR, Dars of the American Revolution, um, that she was blackballed from because she was a working woman when my dad was young. Oh, wow. She, yeah, she was widowed very young and oh, worked right. for the railroad. Oh, wow. Um, and it got her interested in genealogy. So I don't know if she hired a genealogist. I don't know how it came about, and I really need to investigate it on my own. Right. But she found out through research that her family was actually members of the Mayflower Society, wow. which is more prestigious than the DAR. <laughs> So it got my dad wondering. Wow. So my niece would go on Ancestry.com and mm-hmm. research the mm-hmm. family. I think it was my father's grandfather whose wife died on childbirth, and the kids were all adopted out. So we kind of lost a lot of contact with my okay. dad's side of the family. But every new leaf, shall we say, on Ancestry.com yeah. that unearthed something, 
it was just really very endearing. And then she put everything in a, in a booklet for him. Um, but it just made their relationship closer. Mm. It gave them an opportunity to do something together. That is touching. And he just really treasured those moments with her. And he probably wasn't as gruff all the time either. No, his face would light up when Mally would come in the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not so much when mine would sometimes. Yeah. But... <laughs> uh-huh. uh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. Um, and how special for your niece. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that doesn't always happen. No, it know? does not. Yeah. Good for her. Um, so is that part of your personal caregiving story? Um, I know you. I know you've helped. You helped your dad. As I well. did. I was a weekend caregiver in the yeah. last couple of years of his life. I've always, I've, I've always been that neighbor that helps take care of mm-hmm. neighbors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I truly believe it takes a village, yeah, not just does. to raise a child, but just to create <laughs> to a neighborhood. Bring, well, right. Everybody is community. so busy, kind of, yeah. you know, commuting and involved. And well, community is not what it used to be. You know, and, and I'm guilty of it, too, in our neighborhood. You know, even though Hope Grows, the Irish Respite House is on sort of a main street, mm-hmm. you know, it's still a neighborhood. And I probably couldn't tell you, I know, well, we have a really long street, but I think in every community anymore, we don't really know our neighbors like we used to growing up. Like, I remember growing up, we knew every neighbor and their names and how many children they well, had. exactly. <laughs> we had five. And my mom in the summer literally would kick us out the door yes. at nine and say, come home when you're hungry. Yes. Well. Or when you hear that bell. If you didn't, if you didn't come home at lunchtime, she wasn't worried. She knew someone else was feeding you. And more than likely, she had a couple people around her table too, a couple other kids. But, right. you know, right. it was, I still think, you know, Summit Street and Bethel Park was the best street to grow up on. We had woods. We had lots Mm -hmm. of families. We had lots of kids. Yes. Um, And it was all, it was everybody's first starter home. You know, they were little Cape Cod homes. Yes. Um, We had five kids and a little three bedroom Cape Cod home. Yeah. But had great neighbors mm-hmm. throughout the neighborhood. I think you just one described of, my neighborhood yeah, too. <laughs> one of which is still my best friend to this day, yeah. who lives in California now. But uh, um, yeah. when we get together, it's like we're nine-year-old girls again. Yeah. <laughs> so just having that sense of, of wonderment. Yeah. But, but you know, yeah, I'm so the I'm the type of person I love to bake. Yeah. I love okay. to bake, and I like to bake and share. <laughs> I don't need it, so <laughs> I bake and share it with the neighbors. Yeah. Or nothing makes me happier on a cold winter day or rainy day than to have a pot of soup simmering away on the stove, mm-hmm. which I share with neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. when I got my dog, I had moved into this house eight years ago and, and got my dog rescued a dog seven years ago. You start walking the dog, you get to meet your neighbors. Yeah. Everybody wants to know who the new pup is, yeah. and um. <laughs> So I, I got to meet neighbors that way, but it's just, you know, yeah. being cared of. I've got friends who are taking care of parents and I always reach out to them or oh. I'll drop a meal off or drop a, you know, container of soup off, um, ask so, if yeah. anything's needed or how I can help. Right, um, right. It's so it's just, just, it's just part of my intrinsic person. Yeah. To who I am, yeah. So, really. so you've had some personal caregiving stories, but it can, it sounds like it's continuing because sure. you're, you're, you're looking into the eyes of your community and seeing who needs help. Who Absolutely. Needs support. So you're, which, you know, is, is awesome. And that's one of the things that we talk about here at Hope Grows when we're, you know, creating that advocacy and awareness of support for caregivers is, is looking at taking those eyes into oh. your community and finding who really is struggling. But I think what people need to realize because 
one, I didn't know about Hope Gross when I was taking care of Daddy. <laughs> and he could be really gruff. Yeah. Um, and it would have been wonderful to have the support. But what people really need to know is they don't have to walk this journey alone. alone. There's yeah. so many resources out there that don't cost anything. Right. Don't cost anything. But there's so but many resources mm-hmm. out there just for the asking. And the sooner you pick yeah. up that phone or do that internet research or yeah. um, have another opportunity to speak with someone or, or you know, do something nourishing for yourself, mm-hmm. it just helps to heal the heart and the mind yeah. and the soul. Yeah. What do you think is the most important thing uh, that you've learned in working with, you know, family caregivers? Um, or not even so much that, but like reaching into your community maybe. Um, what have you learned? Keep in touch with people. Yeah. You know, when it's, when it's cold out and you, write, you don't see people as often, pick up that phone, mm-hmm. drop off a note, yeah. you know, check in on people because mm-hmm. um, you just don't know who has not talked to someone in a while, who could appreciate hearing from someone, um, just to keep the conversation started and then continuing. They don't have to walk the journey Journey alone. And they need to know that you can be their support. Yeah, nice message. That that is such a great message. Um, Absolutely. Geez, you could be our community liaison. <laughs> you know, to going and teaching people in the community how to how to look into the eyes of the of the you know your neighborhood. I would rise to that challenge. <laughs> I just might take you up on okay. that. Uh, um, well, you know, and it, to to sum up and wrap up, you know, our conversation, which has just been truly delightful, and I know that. Um, Oh my gosh, we could probably talk for hours on this topic, uh, you know, and, and you have such a wealth of experience that you bring to the table with just knowing what family caregivers could really use and need. And, you know, and it's, it's just, I appreciate that. I appreciate mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the time of that you're giving right now to, to share all that. So, um, but is there anything that I haven't brought up or asked that maybe you would want our listeners to, to know about? I'm a native gal, okay. Pittsburgh born and bred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love my Pittsburgh teams. Oh. You know, all of them. Riverhounds, Pirates, yeah. Penguins, Steelers. May not watch them all the time, but I believe black and gold, just like most Pittsburghers do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just take great pride in my sense of community. Yeah. Pittsburghers take pride in their community. Yeah, they do. I'm glad to call myself you know, native born and bred. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we have a real sense of purpose. I think we are so fortunate with the philanthropic community that we do have in Pittsburgh. That is very true. um, Because a lot of community organizations Mm -hmm. like yours would not be able to survive without that. Right. And I think that goes back to our early founding fathers here who took it upon themselves to support the community. Mm-hmm. And um, I try and do what I can. Yeah. yeah. And that you do. You're just, you're such an inspiration. You know, our, our theme for this year is inspire. And, yep. um, you know, by doing these, you know, roundtable discussions, I, I just, you know, every person that has come through, you know, our partners have come through. I just, I'm always so inspired by their stories and, and, you know, just, yeah, their, their oh, experience yeah. and what they can bring to the table. You and know? make sure that, 
Hope Grows has your email. Make sure you get on their email list. They've got wonderful, inspiring stories that will share and come out to you on a regular basis. And it just helps to reinforce (laughs) to the caregiver that they're not alone. There's a whole community of us. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, So if if we have somebody listening that um, may be in need of um, employment, or an employer looking for employees, Absolutely. Um, how, could, how could they get in touch with your um, company? So our phone number is easy to remember. It's 412-494-2000. We are part of Express Services, Inc. We have over 800 offices corporate-wide. Oh, wow. I we didn't are a large company with local support and ownership. Um, my office services, the Pittsburgh Western Suburbs from McKees Rocks West and all of Beaver County. But we have six other offices in the greater Pittsburgh area yeah. to wow. help employers when they have that need yeah. or for employees that are looking mm-hmm. for their next yeah. offer. Hmm. There's no fee whatsoever to the applicant. Um, we've streamlined our process hmm. so that we do a phone interview with you and then can nice. connect you with the recruiter that best matches your talents or your needs if you're an employer. Wonderful. Uh, so my last question with all of that is, do you get a lot of people looking for work to be a professional caregiver? Um, or you know, do you work with uh, companies that, that place, you know, we, like certified nurses aides and that type of not, thing? We do not. We are no? not a health certified company. Oh, okay. So we really okay. don't work in... Um, okay in that market and, okay. very much. Okay. That we've got recruiters in light industrial, skilled industrial, yeah. engineering, okay. um, advanced manufacturing, our specialized recruiting group, gotcha. administrative and office services and financial. We um, run a pretty well-rounded business. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you and Deb have two locations, right? You're we in, do, in Robinson West Township in, in and in Manaka. Manaka, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought so, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, do you want to repeat that number one more time? Absolutely. Before we we end our call? Give us a call. It's 412-494-2000. You can learn more about Express Employment at expresspros.com. Expresspros.com. Love to hear from you. All right. Wonderful. Thanks again for being here. Um, Very appreciative. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, this has been nice. Thank you. Very good. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Grows Into Nature podcast. Remember that our core value here is connecting to nature and the natural world as being therapeutic. And if you haven't yet today, go out, take a breath of fresh air out in nature, regardless of the temperature out there. And don't forget that trees need hugs too.